0: Hello and
1: welcome to the podcast. This is a podcast designed to strengthen and encourage men in their walk with God. My name is Gabe Jenkins. I'm the men's pastor at New Life Church in Colorado Springs. And uh, today I'm gonna play a conversation for you that I recorded recently with Jeremiah Parks about his story. It's a wild and crazy story in his words. It's uh, Jerry Springer-like in some ways. But the way that God revealed himself through it all is amazing. And I think you're really going to be encouraged by it. But first, if you're in the Colorado Springs area, I want to invite you to be a part of the Spirit Empowered Man course uh, for men coming up in August. This is going to be a four-week course, August 8th, August 15th, 22nd, and 29th on Wednesday evenings from 630 to 8. But we're going to be talking about what is it? how do we grow in our ability to live spirit empowered lives if you think about it, it really is amazing that we have been given the same holy spirit that empowered jesus in his life and ministry but again how do we how do we live according to the spirit's power and not just our own power that's what we're going to be talking about it's going to be a great opportunity to meet some other guys i think you're really going to enjoy it there's more information on our website you can register online at newlifechurch.org/men. So here's my conversation with Jeremiah Parks. Jeremiah Parks is with us on the podcast. Jeremiah, thanks for being here. Thanks yeah. for being willing to share your story. My pleasure. Absolutely. I've known Jeremiah for a number of years. Uh, Jeremiah was on our pastoral staff for long a long time. Long <laughs> time. And then he transitioned and, and started a, an amazing ministry called Heartwork, which you've been doing for a few years now. That's right, yeah. It um,
0: actually started out of the youth ministry here at New Life years ago.
1: Yeah, that in itself is quite a story yeah. of, of how that started. But I thought it would be so neat for guys to hear part of your story today. We're doing this podcast series uh, called Engage Your Story about... How God is a storyteller. He's telling yeah. a story in each of our lives. And He wants us to pay attention to that story. And oftentimes, uh, as men, when we f- we feel like we get stuck, God invites us to, to go back in mm. order to go forward. He wants to meet us in the process yeah. of, of looking at our story and facing mm. things. And so this is something that you've done in your life, Jeremiah. You, your story is is fascinating in some ways you know, and yeah. painful, very painful in other ways. And so mm-hmm. what, what has this been like for you uh, as a man to begin to process your
0: story and face some of the things that you experienced in your life? Yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize until I was an adult that I had been really processing what happened to me in childhood. Um as I look back, I realize wow, like the Lord had led me into these situations and opportunities to be able to uh to find healing. Mm-hmm. Um one thing that I've experienced is when I get to share the story like we're doing right now, I'm going to walk out of here just full of gratefulness and gratitude mm-hmm. towards the Lord. Mm-hmm. I might get a little choked up as we're sitting here talking to um it still is amazing to me the way God has rescued my life. And so I, I would just encourage uh, any of the guys listening to to see that healing from things that have happened in your past and in your story is not necessarily a, just a one-time event. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I find that every time I get to share about God's faithfulness, it encourages me, it brings life and strength, it just reminds me, you know, it's like building a monument to the good things God has done. It reminds me of, wow, God loves me so much. I can't believe that where he's taken me from into where I am now. Yes. Beauty for ashes. Yes. Isaiah 61. Exactly.
1: Well, there's a lot to your story. We can't cover all of the details of it, but uh, maybe we can just go through an overview of it. So you yeah. grew up. Where did you grow up? Are you a, in, a, right outside of Fort Worth, Texas? Kay. So you grew up in Texas, and uh, tell us about the dynamics in your family from the time you were young.
0: Yeah, I'll. You know, uh, Gabe, you're saying it's. There's a lot to the story. It, it's kind of like. Uh, it's kind of like Jerry Springer material. <laughs> you know, like I just don't Can want all you guys listening. Yeah. No, it, it it's. There's a lot of absolutely crazy and bizarre things, and, uh, and we won't cover all of those. But yeah, here was the dynamic. Um, yeah, growing up in Texas, and I, I had a mom who was devoted to the Lord and in church uh, on a regular basis. If the doors were open, we were at church, you know, and that, that was several times a week, uh, is how church operated back then in, in Texas um my dad though was not a believer my mom had met my dad when she had she kind of strayed from the lord in her like late teenage years into early adulthood and uh so he he didn't he wasn't a believer agnostic uh maybe atheist he would have said but he never came to church and didn't didn't uh support us being in church and the core issue there was uh he was just very abusive had a lot of anger in his own life a lot of wounds passed down from his dad in his own life and he had no idea how to deal with those things so he loved my mom and I know that he loved me and I have several little brothers and a little sister um but he regularly would have these outbursts of rage and violence and so I from the time that I was very young I my my earliest memories i think i'm 3 years old of seeing my mom stumble through the house my dad hitting her yelling throwing stuff things are breaking mm. my mom is screaming for me to go and call papa to call her dad i don't even know how to use a phone you know so i'm i'm crouching down beside the couch in the living room hiding just terrified that that's one of my earliest memories, but that became a common occurrence uh, where I would see that and and then my dad started to abuse me too. Mostly if my mom was gone, that's when it would get really bad. and then I wouldn't say anything to her because I was afraid if I you know told on my dad to my mom. yeah, sure. she would confront him and that would cause a fight and he would beat her. And so it's just this cycle and and along the way there, Created a lot of uh, codependency between my mom and I. She didn't talk to any of her friends or family about it, and so she talked to me. So as a little boy, I would sit in the grocery store parking lot with my mom, you know, somewhere safe where we weren't in the house and not you no know, fear of being overheard. And she would talk to me about all the stuff that was going on and uh, what to do and how afraid she was. And meanwhile. I'm, like, not telling her some of the things that are happening to me uh, to try to not rock the boat anymore. And, and then with my dad, there was this really strange relationship, too, because uh, and this the whole dynamic between he and my mom was strange because they loved each other, but obviously it was really dysfunctional and he was extremely abusive. And then with me and my dad... Um, I was so afraid of him, and when he was abusive, and, and as I got older, it got worse, uh, but it consisted of just really intense physical abuse in, you know, just imagine a man in an absolute violent rage, uh, veins popping out of mm-hmm. the neck and in the eyes and just screaming and cursing um, and just just really intense abuse. Along with these words of of pain and, and destruction, really curses, that he would speak over me. So in these moments of rage, uh, he would tell me that I was worthless, that I was a mistake, that I should have never been born, that he hated me. Um, he would oftentimes threaten to kill me, my, uh, put a knife to my throat, or... Or suppose I had touched something or you know, done something with my hands that got me in trouble as a kid. He would drag me into the kitchen, pull up, you know, find the biggest butcher knife that we had mm. and put it to my wrist. Wow. Tell me that he was going to cut my hand off. Uh, and lots of other just psychological crazy things like that. Um, put me in a trash bag and throw me in the back of his truck. Take me out to a field and leave me there and tell me that he had arranged for some guys, these bad guys to come and get me and take me away uh, that I would never see my mom again. So there were lots of stories like that. Lots of really bizarre intense things. What that created with my dad though between us like as a kid um, I was just like a puppy dog you know Um, you can you can kick a puppy and it'll just keep coming right back to you and that's how I was as a kid in fact, I learned later in my life that in a lot of cases in a, where, the, where there's abuse, a child will actually cling to the abusive parent, mm-hmm. even more so than the parent who's not abusive. So I was always as close to my dad as I could be. And when he wasn't in a rage, he was great. He was, he was lots of fun, very uh, adventurous, and so we were he had a love for nature, so we were always always out in the woods hunting and doing things like that. Um, he, he was just an absolute blast when he was normal.
1: So this is not a picture of a man where uh, everybody knew he was an abuser. That's right. In the yeah. community. It was more of this was happening behind closed doors in your family, and you guys were the only ones that, that realized. Yeah, that that's knew.
0: right. Nobody knew that my parents' closest friends and family didn't know. and And, you know, Gabe, it's sometimes I think people have this sort of caricature of a, of a abusive man. Um, you know, just looking like a bum, you know, lay, laying back in the recliner at home with a beer in his hand mm-hmm. and, and, this so-called wife beater yeah. shirt on. Um, but my dad wasn't like that at all. He's very, uh, very well liked and outgoing guy and had friends everywhere that we went and, always the life of the party, really intelligent. Um, So, yeah, it was this massive lie that we were all living, this secret, this dark, dark secret behind closed doors. Uh, So then the other thing that complicated it is that a lot of times my dad would abuse my mom and me for going to church. So we'd come home from a church service, and he would be angry. And riled up, and he, you know, he'd find some reason to lose his temper, or sometimes it was directly because of church. Why are you always in church? And that would start this argument that then would lead to it getting way out of control. Um, so, as I was getting older in elementary school, like really starting to become bitter towards my dad, uh, the abuse was getting worse, getting more intense, and my mom had tried a couple of times. She would threaten to leave him. And he would go into a panic and beg her not to and or threaten that if she ever did leave him that he would have no reason to live and he would just end his life and her life and everything. But she did separate from him one time for a, a little bit when I was in sixth grade. And, and he would be so broken and I'm so sorry and I won't do this anymore and I'll change and, and all of that. Uh, But it never lasted. It never stuck. And those same cycles always continued. Um, Well, then my dad ended up going out of town for a little while for work. He was in construction. He was a home builder. And then uh, Hurricane Hugo hit Charleston, South Carolina. And he went out there to do some work in the downtown. So over that, he was out there for a few months. He would come home every couple of weeks and see us. And that time was actually really good. Uh, he was in a great mood. He missed us, and we missed him. Uh, but then he came home unexpectedly one night, and I was spending the night with a friend. My my little brothers were at home with my mom, and he came into the house in a, in a rage, totally unannounced, and just started beating my mom up and t- was telling her that he was going to kill her, and he was strangling her, and just f- for a long period of time beat her up very very badly. Uh, the police ended up coming to the house. My dad was arrested, put in jail. My mom didn't press charges so he got out and he went back to South Carolina. Well I then, I was just about to turn 12 in a, in a few weeks and, and I just that was like the straw that broke the candles back. I was like that's it. it he almost killed my mom. My mom ended up having to go to the hospital. Um. So I started to plot and try to figure out how I could get a weapon, uh, to find a gun. And I decided I, if I had to, I would kill my dad because I wasn't going to let him kill my mom. That was the worst nightmare I can imagine is to lose her and be stuck with him. Yeah. So this anger and hatred was in my heart. And I know the enemy was using that in me uh, to, to make this twisted dark thing even darker and more twisted. And then uh, just a couple of weeks after all of that happened, my dad actually did die in a work accident. He was electrocuted. Uh, there was a fray in a power line. He was standing next to other guys working on this skyscraper in Charleston. And um, the report states that as he was just standing there working, this power line arced out and... Uh, from several feet away and electrocuted him wow. and killed him instantly. Um, so that day that he died, I, I was brokenhearted and relieved at the same time. Mm-hmm. I know that's weird. Just so much, ma- so many emotions to try to deal with there. But I remember telling my mom that day, you know, we were all crying and just like, like you would do. Um, but then I remember talking to my mom. I pulled her aside and I said, Mom, you're never going to get beat up again. I'm never going to get beat up again. Like, we're going to be safe. We're going to be good. And I thought, um, it, it was hard losing him, but I thought, okay, now everything's great. Life is going to be perfect now, right? Life is good. The monster is gone. But in the coming months actually that that was in the summer uh oh and i might have forgot to say i turned 12 just uh, a week and a half after Mm -hmm. my dad died so i turned 12 years old going to seventh grade that fall i start playing football um and it and it dawns on me at my first football game like i don't have a dad here to watch me i see my friends and their their dad's there I don't have a dad, and this, like, orphan thing started to get me, you know, like, um, I I have a wonderful mom that I'm close to, but no dad in my life. In seventh grade, this darkness, kind of depression started to come into my life, bitterness towards my dad, all this unforgiveness towards him for all the things he had done, and I was really insecure and... Trying to fit in in junior high, which is already an (laughs) incredibly awkward time, right? And I'm trying to fit in and figure life out. Still going to church uh, with my mom. I believe in God. I believe that God loves me. I love the Lord too, but I had just all of this baggage. And from my whole childhood being told by my father that I was a mistake and an idiot, um, you know, that was just insurmountable for me at 12 years old. So seventh grade goes by, eighth grade goes by, and I just I'm just a mess. Uh, you can imagine just just a whole lot of junk inside of me that I don't know how to deal with. And again, I want to just connect with any of you guys listening who who've had issues in your life that you've not addressed, and uh, those things don't just go away. You can try to bury them real deep, but they're down there, and it affects you. No question about it. And so, and again, like I said, I, I was in church, I would pray regularly. I loved the Lord, um, but I knew there was a there was this massive separation because of all between me and the Lord because of all this stuff in me. Well, anyway, in the summer uh, after my eighth grade year, my mom forced me to go to this summer camp with our youth group. So it was a few hours away from home, down in Houston. So get on the bus, go down to this camp. I really don't want to be there. Bad attitude. I'm sitting on the back row the first night of the camp, and there's you know a couple of thousand other students there from around the country or around the state. And this pastor is speaking, and as I'm sitting in the back row with my arms crossed with a bad attitude, tears start coming down my face, and I'm like, "What is going on? Why am I crying?" And just The Lord was just messing with my heart, capturing me. And then at the end of the message, the pastor gives this altar call to come up here. And I don't even remember what he said, but I ran up to the front and I was crying. Well, there's this, it seemed like the whole room went up to the front, just packed. And this pastor points me out in the crowd. And he said, he just starts speaking over my life. Uh, The Holy Spirit showing him things about me and he starts to tell me that I'm full of anger and bitterness towards my dad, that my dad had hurt me, uh, that my dad wasn't in my life anymore, but I was still holding on to all this unforgiveness. And he said, you need to forgive your dad. And and of course, while he's saying all those things, I'm like nodding my head, like, yes, that's true. That's true. Uh, Yeah, my dad's not in my life anymore. I I remember clearly thinking like, no, he's not even alive. He's not even here. Uh, But I was amazed that God... Would pick me out, that he would use this man to speak to me mm-hmm. in the middle of this crowd, all these other kids around. I felt the love of God that he would do that, and also amazed uh, that that the Lord was showing this man all this stuff about my life. So my faith was like, of course, just crazy high and and my heart was so open and he says will you forgive your dad can you say it out loud right now that you forgive him and i it was hard to do that at first but once i said it my tears went from a trickle to like a, a an absolute raging waterfall mm. i just started weeping and weeping it was this it was like this plug had been pulled out of me and all this stuff was coming out and the tears were sort of a metaphor for that and i just collapsed onto my face and cried and cried and cried and this pastor just ministered to me, and he, he prayed over me. And then I'll never forget the, these words. He said, young man, the Lord wants you to know that he's going to be your father, mm. and he's going to teach you how to be a man. Wow. He's going to teach you. Oh, wow. And I just remember feeling like, you know, for a couple of years, I had felt like an orphan, and all of a sudden I felt like, oh, no, God is my father. Like how, who could ask for a better father than God? Like he's going to step in and be my dad. And I learned uh, later I, I learned that the Bible actually talks about God being a father to the fatherless. And he said, uh, your life's never going to be the same after this night. So I laid on the floor and kept crying. I could not stop crying. And finally when I did, I got up and I just felt like a different person, Gabe. I was uh, I saw everything differently. I felt different. The world felt different. Suddenly, all the opinions of other people I had, that I had been so bound up in, in insecurity, I just didn't care. I didn't care what anybody thought about me. And not in like a punk mm-hmm. kind of way, an arrogant way, but it was like it just the opinion of any other human just didn't matter because I knew that God was crazy about me, that he loved me so much. And it's my identity just shifted like that. Uh, it's This... That was one of the greatest experiences of my life, to realize that my identity is first and foremost that I'm a son of God. And I felt like I heard the Lord speak to me that night that um, He was going to show me who I really am. Uh, and all of those things my dad had spoken over me that they weren't true, that, or, or no, those curses were broken, and He was going to show me who I am in Christ. So it was a total radical, one hundred and eighty degree shift. Uh, I actually, right before I went to the camp, I f- found myself uh, in in this really awful situation where I was abusing my one of my little brothers. Because uh, I, when my dad died, I was like, okay, I'm the man of the house now, and I just took over and I did the same things my dad always did, you know. Uh, so I was violent, and I had this fear this one particular thing that happened right before I went to the camp um, that I was I had this revelation of like when I grow up I'm going to be just like my dad and there's nothing I can do about that you know I'm it's in me that same stuff that he did to me it's in me and I'm doing the same thing to my brothers and so I just right then at almost 14 years old I said, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. That i That's the only way I can make sure that I don't ever do what my dad did to me. So I had made this vow, this sort of agreement with evil, right? Little did I know the next week I was going to be at this camp and God was going to rock my entire <laughs> world. And ever since then, Gabe, one of the, at 14 years old, I remember thinking that someday I am going to be a dad. And that would be one of the greatest redeeming things in my life and so um, I've been married to Nikki now for 16 years and we have three amazing children and it's one of the greatest joys of my life to be a dad and I have to say and I and I say this in complete humility and gratitude and all glory to the Lord but I am an amazing dad. <laughs> come on, <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> I love my kids like crazy. Um, it, it The Lord really did become my father and teach me how to be a man yeah. so my parenting I think I'd like to believe is more like the Lord and what I've learned from scripture and from godly men in my life um, and it's nothing like I learned mm-hmm. by my own dad mm-hmm. so that's my story
1: <laughs> there's so much to that Jeremiah that is just powerful but the reality is is that the same God who came to you And revealed himself as Father. That's his heart for all men.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's who he is. I always say, Gabe, it's not God is not the substitute dad for those of us who don't have good dads. Yeah, He is the ultimate Father. That all of us, like for me, all I'm doing with my kids is I'm pointing them towards God. Mm -hmm. But I tell them, Hey, I'm not perfect. I'm going to make mistakes, but our Father he is perfect and mm-hmm. his love for you is perfect and his desire is that you become like him.
1: And he's he's a father who is so passionate about speaking identity to his sons. Yes. Like that was one of the first things he started doing. It sounds like after he revealed to you, I'm going to father you, um, he started he started speaking identity to right you. away
0: within the first hour after that experience. So, you know, Gabe, I think uh, I know we're wrapping up here, but you guys who are listening to this, um, there's two big key ideas. If you, if you could walk away with these two things, and, and Gabe pointed out the one already of identity. Um, in your story, God is on a mission to reveal to you who you are. And, it, and that comes by understanding who he is, and then you understand who you are. So identity, it is the mission of God right to transform us into the image of his son Jesus that promises throughout scripture that is his goal for your life so your job your career uh, your friends and family community all those things are blessings of God Uh, but the number one thing that he's after is to make you like he is and that's the best thing God could ever give to any of us and so that is your identity Uh, whether you're um, a man, woman, children for all of us God's desire is to make us look like Him. The other thing is, uh, we all get hurt in life. There's, there is sin in us, uh, and there's sin in others, and so we hurt each other, we hurt ourselves, we make bad decisions that bring pain and suffering. So forgiveness is the key to that. We know that we're forgiven in Christ. We have to receive that forgiveness in our own lives and forgive ourselves for the stupid things that we do. And to ourselves and to others. And then the pain that others have inflicted on us, we have to forgive that. And I just want to tell you, it doesn't matter how badly you've been hurt. Um, and And that pain is relative. You might be listening to this and going, well, I never was abused, but man, my dad, he never showed me affection. And I think it deeply hurt me. Yeah, it did. And acknowledge those things and forgive and even if your pain was much more severe than anything I've talked about today, uh, you can forgive. Because it's not out of your own strength. It is the forgiveness of Christ that works in us to allow us to forgive mm-hmm. someone else. And I can tell you that from that day at that camp, and I, when I chose to forgive my dad, I have told this story countless times in great detail, and I've never felt anger like I did towards my dad. After that day, it was gone. It really was a supernatural thing that God did in my heart. And I, I even felt this compassion for my dad. I felt this sorrow for him that he must have been so bound up in his own sin and pain that he could hurt his wife and children so deeply. I know he didn't want to, but he was not in control. And the Bible has a lot to say about the power of sin over us and how it makes us a slave. But Christ has come to set us free from that power of sin and from the sin that has been sinned against us. Mm-hmm. So I challenge you to forgive. And even if you say, well, I've, I've, I said this prayer before and I said I forgive this person, search your heart. You know if there's still junk in there. And if there is, get before God. Get with someone that you can talk with. Open up your heart. Have somebody pray with you and lead you through uh, forgiveness towards whoever it is that has hurt you. Because I promise if, if that th- stuff is unresolved, it is affecting you. It affects your spiritual life. It's affecting your soul, maybe even affecting your body. We are, we are uh, not, we can't compartmentalize ourselves, right? Like we are spirit, soul, mm-hmm. and body, yeah. and it's all yeah. intertwined and interconnected. And so um, anyway, sorry, I'm going off on a, preaching council. <laughs> Gabe, I, I really appreciate you having me here. and uh, It's always a joy to share this story of God's faithfulness and his love as our father.
1: Well, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing and praise God that he yeah. revealed himself to you. He came Amen. for you. Yes. And in the same way, that's his heart for every man mm. to reveal himself, to come for his sons. That's right. And so would you close by praying for the guys listening? I would,
0: I would. Father, I thank you for every man listening to this podcast. Lord, you have rescued every one of us, and and the, the process of our being rescued is continuing. The story is unfolding. So I pray against any regret right now. Anyone listening to this is going, well, I've been hanging on to this thing since I was 12 years old, and I've wasted time. No, don't get hung up on regret. Uh, Lord, I just pray that every person by your Holy Spirit would be able to dive deep into healing and forgiveness in the name of Jesus, through the power of Jesus Mm -hmm. and through the cross, the shed blood of Jesus, through his death and resurrection. All of this comes back to Jesus. It's his power in life to bring healing and forgiveness. And Lord, no matter how long that unforgiveness has been there, no no matter how long Uh, curses that have been spoken over any of these men have been in their lives identity issues that were formed in their childhood through their own father or anyone else in their life that spoke over them I pray that those things would be broken in the name of Jesus and that freedom would rush in Mm -hmm. and that the Spirit of God would rush in and bring healing and life in every one of those areas and that in whatever area that any of us are broken or malformed that, Lord, you would form us into uh, the image of you in that area and that we would find freedom. Lord, I thank you for this. I thank you that it's not by our own power, but it is by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.